Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 130. I'll open up the inbox this week as we answer more of your questions about your Royal Caribbean vacation plans, tips, advice, and a whole lot more. Some of the topics we'll include this week are crown and anchor benefits, brilliance of the seas reviews, the best way to give Royal Caribbean your feedback, next cruise booking bonuses, and a whole lot more. Here we go. One of the aspects of the show that I really enjoy so much is hearing from you and helping to address and answer some of your personal, individual questions that quite often are being asked by many others as well. And this helps make the show a two-way conversation, as well as hopefully continuing to enhance your experiences and your appreciation for a Royal Caribbean cruise during your next sailing. And each and every week, I invite everybody to send me emails about whether you have a comment, a question, a thought, whatever's on your mind about Royal Caribbean. That's what we're here to answer. And so on this week's episode, we're dedicating to you by answering your questions and making sure that the email bag doesn't get too full of emails because obviously a lot of people are asking questions and they want answers before their cruise and I try to make that happen. And so if you want to send me your emails, you can always email me matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. First up this week, we have an email from my good friend, Laura Douglas, who writes, I wanted to mention a quick note about when you become a Diamond Plus member, you receive a free bottle of wine of your choice in this selection online, but you needed to do it 12 days prior to your sailing. Since I was not allowed online, I simply asked my loyalty ambassador for it, and she sent over a bottle to my room. But it is always good to research the next level of benefits if the situation does occur, or anyone you know, so that you will receive all the perks. I witnessed several people on my cruise who did not know that Diamond Plus members receive a free bottle of wine, and simply did not receive it because they did not ask. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you on another Royal Caribbean cruise. Laura, great advice, and Laura's referring to the situation where if you are going to maybe do a back-to-back cruise and on sailing number two, you are going to be moving up a different level, make sure you research in advance any perks you're going to be entitled to. So that way you can make sure that you do get them because when you're in a situation like that where you're doing a back-to-back and you're going to be changing levels between cruises, you know, Crown and Anchor doesn't have time to process it internally, but a gentle nudge with the loyalty ambassador, as Laura points out, will certainly help with uh, making sure that you get everything you're entitled to. So great email, Laura. Love it. Thank you so much. Next up, we have an email from Daryl in Orlando. Who writes, Matt, love the show and all you do. My dear wife could not take having no cruises planned. So after listening to you this past week, I quote unquote fixed the problem. And now we're booked on the Western Caribbean Freedom in October. Book the aft corner balcony on deck seven. It'll be our first aft stateroom. Looking forward to it. And our first visit to Labadee. And seems like the more I listen to you, the more cruises I book. Any chance Michael Poole will be on this cruise? Cheers. <laughs> first of all, congratulations on booking that. What an awesome sailing. And, you know, oh, man, I love Freedom of the Seas, as I'm sure you've heard me talk about it many, many times, Daryl. And those aft staterooms, those aft balconies are really highly sought after. These are the staterooms that are on the back of the ship that are balconies. And, and there's a certain subset of Royal Caribbean fans who absolutely swear by balconies on the aft of the ship for the amazing view. It's a little less windy and it's just a different experience. So, Daryl, it sounds like you're in good company there. And I'm not sure Michael is going on that cruise. Michael does have many, many, many cruises booked <laughs> at any given time. But I won't speak for him, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have anything booked. But maybe check the comments for this episode, and he'll uh, share if he's got that particular one uh, eyed up over there. So thank you much for the email. Next up, we have an email 
from another lore, a different lore this time. Hi, Matt. I'm just back from my December 5th cruise on the Oasis of the Seas. I asked you what the difference was between the Thermal Spa Pass and the Ultimate Spa Thermal Spa Pass. Now I know. The regular pass gives you access to the stone loungers, tropical showers, steam room, etc. That was $179 for the week for a couple. For $249 for the week... For the couple, there were two one-hour sessions added. They were both skin treatments of sorts. One was a mud steam thing. The other was a whirlpool with special salts. I did not opt for the ultimate pass, but our traveling companions did. They said that both of these treatments were great, and they thought it was definitely worth it. As always, thanks for everything you do. Laura, thank you so much for the email. You know, I saw a very similar experience added on Brilliance of the Seas, where you had the thermal spa pass. And it seems, by the way, if you're on an Oasis class or a Radiance class ship that has the has a has a thermal spa pass option they this what's included in the regular thermal spa pass seems to be pretty standard the difference is on brilliance of the seas they had a Rizul treatment which i think is similar to one of the treatments you're talking about but here laura you mentioned there's two different options that's included in the ultimate thermal spa pass so basically the difference between thermal spa pass and ultimate thermal spa pass is simply that the ultimate includes a special one-time treatment Versus just the normal, in addition to, I guess I should say, the regular unlimited access to the thermal spa area. So hopefully that makes some sense there. And I appreciate the follow-up there, Laura, in terms of what Oasis offers, because now we have some more information to share. Our next email comes to us from Jay White, who writes, Matt, what do you know about the hospital facilities on board? What level of care are they able to provide? And Jay, this is a great question, actually, because as many of you may or may not know, the Royal Caribbean ships have a medical facility on board that can provide a lot of different care for a lot of different ailments out there. Now, mostly it's, you know, some basic stuff. You get seasick, this is where you go. You know, you, you need some basic, you know, over-the-counter kind of medicine, any of those kind of situations, this is where you go. But, you know, the medical facilities do offer a lot more. I'm actually going to post a link in our show notes, Jay, to a recent blog post we shared that has a nice little video that overlooking the whole options that are available. You know, the exact options and what's the size and the facilities vary from ship to ship, but all medical facilities and Royal Caribbean ships meet or exceed the American College of Emergency Physicians healthcare guidelines for cruise ship medical facilities, and all Royal Caribbean ships carry defibrillators, electrocardiogram machines, as well as digital x-ray equipment, and new ventilators have been installed to handle a range of respiratory treatments, and complete formularies are stocked in the shipboard pharmacies, and that's the official line on a lot of this stuff. You know, obviously, they're, they handle, I think, mostly a lot of basic stuff. I think it's more most often used for a lot of basic stuff, right? Sunburns, uh, scrapes, you know, people break their bones or something like that. Uh, you know, some basic stuff that is like, oops, some accident kind of stuff. Is In addition to seasickness, uh, that's a very common one. In fact, a little-known fact is if you do get seasick on board, one of the things they do offer is they'll give you for free, in most cases, in fact, every time I've ever been down there, they have a just a... <laughs> Almost like the way they give it out, almost like candy, the seasickness medicine. So that way you're all taken care of. Um, but really, anything that if you're starting to feel ill for any reason, they're a great option to go to. Now they do have a cost if you are seen by a physician. But let's let's put it this way: it's much better to see someone and pay a little bit than to you know just suffer through it or or anything like that. And in many cases, it's always good to have that kind of. Uh, vote of confidence. It helps to me personally. I would be able to sleep better knowing I've got these kind of things taken care of. And in addition to that, it is important also to remind everybody that there is something called travel insurance, which you can get either through Royal Caribbean or independently. Whatever 
insurance plan you opt for or don't opt for, make sure you at least read what it covers because in many cases it will cover things like this. Sometimes your home insurance will cover something like this in terms of your personal medical insurance policy that you have for you know your regular going to the doctor. Some, some plans do cover things like this, but you want to make sure you're aware of what it does and what it does not cover so you understand what's out of pocket. But the good news is, you know, if, if something were horribly to go wrong or something just happened or you get sick, I mean, things happen, right? It doesn't matter where you are, vacation or not. Royal Caribbean provides these kind of facilities just in case. And to me, that's good peace of mind. So, Jay, I hope this answers your question a little bit. And I'll post again the, the link in the show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Uh, an article, in fact, that looks over how Royal Caribbean provides medical care at sea. Next up is an email from Michael Taylor who writes, Hey Matt, hope is all well with you. I'm doing what I do best at work today, reading reviews on Cruise Critic. I've been on Oasis in 2011 and studying for my cruise at Harmony in 2017. I read the following review and was wondering what private lounge they were speaking of and where it's located. Is there such a beast or were these folks crashing someone's aqua suite? Any light you can shed is greatly appreciated. And here's the here's the tip that uh, that Michael quoted from the article. And it says, Decks 11 and 12 have their own private lounge decks available, which seem very few know about the entire time we were sailing. So, Michael, the answer to your question is, the there's two things you're potentially mentioning here. And, of course, they don't have a better explanation of this, but there's two ways. Number one is you're talking about someone who actually has an aqua theater suite and they have their own balconies, which you can see, obviously, down to the aqua theater. That's one of the big perks of having an aqua theater suite. Number two, and I think this is where they were going with this, was... Back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean prior to about a couple of years ago, Oasis of the Season, all Oasis class ships, had these unused deck areas on deck 11 and 12 where actually it wasn't listed, but any guest could really go up there. And there were these large open areas you could go see down, and it was basically a viewing area down to the boardwalk and the aqua theater itself. It was basically a little secretive area where guests in the know would take advantage of it and be able to check out the show in the aqua theaters mostly without having to worry about getting seats it was just one of those little secret tips because it was a public space that was available now in the last round of refurbishments to oasis of the season alert the seas these areas have been removed they've been removed they've been replaced with actual staterooms so unfortunately this particular trick doesn't work anymore so I guess between either one, either it doesn't exist or you have to get someone who has an aqua theater suite in order to get access to it. Sorry to rain on your parade, Michael, but hey, at least there's you're you're not going to be uh, you know too surprised when you get on board and you're expecting something. So there you go. Appreciate the email, Michael. Good stuff. Though. Make sure we want to make sure we get the right information out there to everybody. So always appreciate it. Next, we have an email from Shay Lowe, who writes, I have a quick question that I want to be able to answer for me, fingers crossed. I started cruising the Royal Caribbean before I was married, and once I entered into wedding bliss, my husband started joining me on voyages. This allowed him to share my completed cruise points and crown anchor status right from the beginning, much the way your children can do up to diamond level. Recently, my husband went on a seven-day cruise without me. I know, the nerve. <laughs> and I happen to notice that his sailing, although already listed under his completed cruise, did not add any points to our status. I was wondering if this was an oversight or did he actually have to surpass my points to start adding points to our joint status. I have found that my Casino Royale benefits far surpass even the perks offered to Pinnacle members, but I wouldn't mind being able to gloat to him after 12 years of marriage, he is still piggybacking on my points. So the answer to this is your husband's still going to be piggybacking on your points. The way that it works is you as the higher point value person, the spouse, your husband and any children you have will get moved up with you. So let's say you were Diamond and your husband's your first cruise, so he has no status, right? 
kids the same thing. They move up to your status, no problem at all, and you're both, you're all diamond. Because the way that Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society works is that you both get pulled in to the, to the level at which you're in. The difference, though, is in their system, your husband and your children, while they re- enjoy the status of diamond, their points are actually well below where you are because it's different people and that's how it tracks it. So... It's kind of one of those weird things where the status is there, but you can't... I guess what I'm trying to say is, let's say you were like five points short of Diamond Plus. You're Diamond. Your husband goes on a cruise by himself. He doesn't get to then bring you up and you kind of like leapfrog each other like that. It's almost like you're, you, the points are still there under the behind the scenes, but it's you that you as the highest point person who will inevitably gain the points and bring up. So your husband goes on this cruise. He'll be starting off from wherever he's at point-wise, but he would be able to enjoy whatever status you had. I hope this makes some sense. This is my understanding of it, at least. I could be 100% wrong on this, but uh, from what I understand, it's really about Royal Caribbean honors your status to your family members. I hope that makes some sense there, and if I'm wrong or if, if I didn't make any sense there, please feel free to email me back uh, here at matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Also, Shay has one more thing to add on a completely different topic. One evening, I wasn't feeling well, so I retired to my essay room early to relax. I prepared for bed and turned on the TV as background noise when I was totally sucked into what I thought at the time was a movie. Turns out it was a TV show made for YouTube that they were running back-to-back called, drumroll please, Royal Crush. I know I can't be the only person who fell in love for this teenage girl hormonal trap that is the Royal Crush series. Please tell me I'm not alone. After embarrassing research was done, it turns out they used teen YouTube stars to be in a series of shows shot on the Oasis-class ships. This was an act of marketing genius. Oh, fear not. As soon as I got home, I watched all the second season when Desi and her cousin go to a Mediterranean cruise. I'm not trying to pass this off as a Scorsese masterpiece, but I would say if you have a teenage girl or maybe a boy, who knows, this is a must-watch. There is no way that I would have seen this as a 13-year-old girl that I would not have sold my strawberry shortcake dolls just for the chance at meeting Sebastian in the ice skating rink or a romantic giggle fit to put on board. This has caused endless teasing for my husband as he react, reenacts scenes when they were on the Oasis class ship, but honestly, it's worth it. Thanks so much, Matt, for all the great time you put into the blog and podcast. Every time I recommend it to someone, they become instantly addicted to it. Sacrifices made by you and your family are honestly appreciated. Keep the great work. Shay, first of all, thank you very much for the kind words. I love doing this. This is a, uh, I almost said a, a crime of passion, but a work of passion. I, I really love it. So I'm, I'm, so help, so happy, in fact, that you're enjoying this. And thank you so much for recommending to other people and spreading the word. That's always the best thing that you can ever do to help support Royal Caribbean Blog. And yes, the Royal Crush series was a great marketing thing. I've seen it too. I watched every single episode. It was research, I swear. I had to watch teenage YouTube series for research. You know, I'd have to be well-informed, right? That's what I tell my wife anyway. And yes, Royal Caribbean did produce that. Actually, if you're interested in uh, pseudo-marketing uh, uh video ploys. There's also another great little YouTube series. I'm not sure if it was on YouTube, but it was uh, just a movie, a mini movie created by Royal Caribbean that stars Dean Cain and some other sort of famous people. And they did this cruise on one of the Oasis class ships. And I'll put a, I'll post a link in the show notes too, because I definitely don't remember off the top of my head. But boy, if you enjoy the Royal Crush, you're going to enjoy this thing. It's basically like a family reunion goes on a Royal Caribbean ship. These are based, all of them are based on this idea of basically showing off how much fun you can have on a cruise without making it a commercial or not an overt commercial, right? And so what uh, Royal Caribbean did is they teamed up with the these people called, I believe they're called Awesome TV. 
and they created this series, and they've done two seasons of it, called World Crush, and it is just like Shay said. It's a total, like, Disney Channel kind of series where you've got these teenagers with a lot of pent-up angst and and love for each other, and they meet someone on board, and it's this, you know, little, uh, oh, it's basically like Grease, but a lot younger, you know? It's like, you know, summer loving... I'm not going to sing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Check out the video series at the, on our in our podcast episode uh, for the show notes, and you'll be able to see it all. And you too can go relive these experiences on board uh, on board the ship, just like Shay's husband did, and and enjoy it. Hey, it's a guilty pleasure, but I mean, Royal Caribbean made it, so who are we not to enjoy it, right? <laughs> Love it, Shay. Thank you so much. Next up, we have an email from. Who is this person from? Murph, who writes, I just discovered your podcast, and I, too, consider myself a cruise geek. Since the passing of my mother, I now cruise solo, and I had a question about booking on board. Insert Sabor plug here. If I book a solo cabin, and I find a friend to join me later on, will I lose any of the benefits I gained by booking on the ship? And one thing I just learned and thought you might want to remind your listeners about is the coupon book is now loaded on your CPAS card. Now I will read the welcome letter, as that will tell me what coupons there are. So let's answer your question. So you, you're, go, you're cruising solo, but you might want to add, add somebody later on. Here's what you should do, honestly. When you book the cruise, do not book it solo. Book it with someone else. Make up a name. You can really, really do that. I used to do this when we were so we were in a weird situation. We knew we were going to be probably having a kid. We were trying to plan things around. We wanted to book a cruise. So what I did is actually added my mom as the person on the, sh- on the on the reservation with us. And then later we changed it to actually be my daughter. Now, because we didn't know my daughter's name at the time. The reason why you want to go about this, whether you want to put someone's real name or a fake name, it doesn't really matter. The reason is it's because of pricing. It is always easier to take someone off a reservation than it is to add them because, because of pricing changes. If you add someone to your reservation later on, especially after final payment date, you can run the risk of having a pricing change, which can totally affect the pricing of your cruise and also affect any benefits or perks that you may have gotten with whatever sale you booked on when you made that reservation. So what I would recommend doing, Murph, is adding anybody. Put my name down. I don't care. Put somebody's name down. And later on, you can either say, you know, to say, oh, that's not really cruising with me. It's really going to be my best friend, Joe. And boom, you can switch the name out. No problem. No pricing change. Not a big deal at all. Now, if you later on, you want to say, no, no, you know what? Joe's not coming with me anymore, or Matt's not coming with me anymore, and it's just going to be me, that's a whole lot easier, and it shouldn't affect a whole lot, to be honest with you. But you definitely, it is always easier to remove people from a reservation than it is to add them. So that would be my recommendation for you. And you're absolutely right about the coupon book. So way back in the day, if you this will show you Royal Caribbean age. If you remember, Royal Caribbean used to give their guests these coupon books, and these were little discounts for Crown and Anchor Society members, and they were, you, you'd flip through the book, it was a physical book, and you'd flip through, and you'd rip out the coupon you wanted to use, bring it to the bar, or the casino, or wherever, and redeem it, just like you would at a coupon at the supermarket. Well, Royal Caribbean, about, I would say about a year or two ago, decided, you know what, this is a, this is a real waste in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, producing all this paper that largely doesn't get used, you know, trying to account for it and all this other stuff. So basically Royal Caribbean said, you know what? It's 2014, 2015. It's the 21st century. They started loading the coupons on your CPAS card. So nowadays you have all your discounts already preloaded in your CPAS card. And when you get on board the ship on embarkation day, you should have a letter in your stateroom if you are a Crown and Anchor Society member listing out every single discount. All you have to do is then present your CPAS card to the bar, or the casino, wherever on board the ship and it will automatically apply it. Now, I love I love, and I don't love this. The What I love about it are things like 
the internet package. Back in the day, you had to sign up for the internet package, pay full price, then take your coupon, go down to guest relations, give them the coupon, they would reapply the discount. It was just a hassle. Now it's already preloaded. So when I go to buy the internet, it already knows, oh, Matt, you are a whatever level member. Here's your discount. And it makes it a whole lot easier. On the downside, it seems like I'm not, I'm sure I'm not the only person. I always feel like I always forget about the discounts because I don't have those coupons reminding me. I used to always carry the coupon book in my pocket. And for whatever reason, the little page, that piece of paper never makes it beyond like embarkation day. I always think I'll remember or and I just always forget to use them or that they exist. And inevitably I forget to use many of the discounts, but Hey, maybe that's just a personal thing. I just have to get in the habit of reminding myself to use the coupons, but Hey, it's something to be aware of. If you are a Crown and Anchor member, they will be preloaded. Look for that list of discounts in your stateroom when you when you get on board, and definitely take advantage of because great discounts, quite honestly, that that are definitely worth your time. I mean, you've got you have some BOGO deals on drinks, you've got deals on photos, uh, internet packages. It can really save you a lot of money. So I'm glad you brought that up, Murph, because I do agree that that is a very important aspect of being a Crown and Anchor member. And in fact, it's one of the best perks, quite honestly of Crown and Anchor Society are these discounts that they give you. Because in many cases, there are things in there that I think many of us have not paid for full price in a very, very long time. Next up, we have an email from Roy who writes, Hi Matt, I'm a Platinum Crown and Anchor member, but I have a simple question for you. My family and I recently returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Liberty of the Seas, and we're very disappointed in most of the ship's staff and services. My previous cruises with Royal Caribbean have all been great, so I simply don't want to post negative reviews on a non-Royal Caribbean website. However, this cruise has really got me thinking whether or not we should switch to Disney since I have a young son. My question is, what's the best way to give feedback to Royal Caribbean? Is there a good customer service email, or should I simply write a review on their site? Thanks for all the good information. I really enjoyed listening to the podcast and reading the blog. Well, Roy, I'm sorry to hear about your experience. I'm certainly, nobody wants to have a negative experience on board. And uh, I think you do bring up a very good question, though. How do you give feedback? The best way to give feedback, I agree, is not, look, there's nothing wrong with posting a review on Royal Caribbean blog or Cruise Critic or whatever like that, but I don't think it's going to affect the change you're looking to do. Because in many cases, it's not so much that you just want to vent. You want to actually get things changed. You want to be improving. And uh, Royal Caribbean appreciates that. The best thing, the number one, there are two things you should do. Number one best thing, I think I think this is the number one best thing, is put your comments in the post-cruise review. So after you get off the ship, you should get an email. At least back in the day, you used to have these little cards that you would fill out, but that's it's all gone digital now. You should be getting an email asking you to review your cruise. And there's a bunch, it first starts out with a bunch of just, you know, guided questions, you know, how would you rate this? How would you rate this? But in the end, there's a free form that you can type whatever you want. You can put a novel in there. And this is probably one of the best ways that you can express to Royal Caribbean your your uh, opinions on things. And, and honestly, I've heard many, many stories of people putting down, you know, I did not appreciate XYZ, and they've gotten follow-ups from Royal Caribbean, from Crown and Anchor Society, trying to, you know, rectify the situation, or let, at least let them know that they're aware of it. So that's probably, number one, if you do nothing else, that is the thing to do. Number two is, and I'm a firm believer of this, is if something is not working the way you're expecting it on the ship, if you're upset with something, tell someone. I mean, writing the reviews later on is certainly helpful. I just explained why this is very helpful because Royal Caribbean does value those surveys. But also, do not undervalue going to guest services and tell them, hey, look, you know, this aspect of the cruise I'm not happy with. This is what happened, X, Y, Z. You know, if you, as long as you're fair, you're not screaming at them. I mean, they can only do so much, let's be honest, also. But if, if you can at least express your... Some things can be fixed on board. Other things can. If you're just not happy with a certain policy, you know, look, 
There's not so much maybe that they can do on board, but it doesn't hurt to go there to express your opinions calmly. I've seen some people scream and, you know, throw temper tantrums. I'm not sure that accomplishes anything. But, you know, if, if something is bothering you on board the ship, you should say something. I'm a firm believer in that. It's, it's, you, you paid a lot for that vacation. You're entitled to enjoy it as much as the next guy. So make sure you go to, to guest services and explain the problem. But in addition to that, you should also express it in the survey because Royal Caribbean places a great deal of of, of emphasis on what these surveys uh, convey. And it's very important. I've seen many policies in Royal Caribbean change over the last couple of years. I'm certain, based purely on these surveys, they are huge. And these are the two things I would definitely recommend you're doing. And, of course, posting a good review on, on your favorite website is fine. And also, I mean, that can help other guests maybe be aware of certain things. But... Uh, I think you're going about it the right way, and that's definitely give Royal Caribbean your feedback via that survey, and that's going to be the best thing. And this is true for anybody. If there's anything that bothers you or anything you like as well, don't just use it as the negative, you know, Nancy form. If, if you love something, if something was really good, let them know as well, so that way they can, you know, be aware of it and maybe even make it promote it, make it better. Who knows? But it's the surveys are the number one thing you can do to help improve your cruise experience. So. Hopefully that helps you out there, Roy. And I'm hoping you're going to still try another Royal Caribbean cruise. I promise you it'll be a lot. It's, it's a lot of fun. I think you already know that. And one bad experience. I'll let that ruin the whole thing for you. So next up, we have an email from Rick. Right? Hey, Matt. Hope you're doing well. I'm enjoying the podcast, Periscopes, and blog. I sincerely appreciate all of your efforts. Thank you so much. I have a question about booking a future cruise while on a ship. I believe you said that you could take the onboard credit that comes with booking a future cruise and use it on the current cruise. Not sure how that works exactly. I'll be cruising with five in a suite. How much is the deposit usually and how much onboard credit could we get immediately used if I book that on board? Is the onboard credit tied to the cabin of is simply based on the person that's booking for the future cruise? For example, if we make a $100 deposit, then can we immediately take get $500 or some other amount of onboard credit back? I know that the deposit becomes non-refundable at that point, but that said, what happens if Royal Caribbean comes out with a fantastic promotion or they offer a lot of onboard credit like they did on Summer Monday? Is this something we could take advantage of, or would the onboard credit simply be reduced by what we've already received? As always, your insight is greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance. This is a great question, Rick, and here's how it works. I know it's kind of confusing. So, if you book a cruise on board, uh, you're on a Royal Caribbean ship, you book another cruise on board... You get Royal Caribbean will, will reward you with a booking incentive. Now you have the option if you book a specific, this is only for specific sailings, not for the open bookings, right? But you book a specific sailing at a specific stateroom, you have to put a deposit down. Now the deposit you put down is tied to how much onboard credit you are either going to get on that cruise or the following cruise. So as an example, let me put this in perspective. You put a hundred dollars down, which is usually about what you need to put down for a deposit for a balcony stateroom on say a seven night sailing, usually, right? So you put $100 down. You have the option of taking that $100 in onboard credit right there on the spot on the cruise you're on or deferring it to the cruise coming up in the future. It's totally up to you. There's different ways to look at it. The thing is you're going to also be paying at that time $100 in the deposit amount. That'll be charged to your credit card right then and there on the spot. It's in addition to anything else. So if you now you can obviously the hundred dollars is the minimum. You could put up to five hundred dollars, and you could have five hundred dollars available to you instantly or defer it. Now, what you put on in terms of for next cruise for that deposit, that onboard credit, it's on top of anything else Royal Caribbean is doing. This is the onboard booking bonus. Your onboard booking bonus is completely separate from any other promotion. So let's say you were on a Royal Caribbean ship on Cyber Monday. The Cyber Monday deal, for, for those who are unaware, last Cyber Monday in November, Royal Caribbean offered a really great deal, in fact, offering like, 
I think it was like 400 and some odd dollars of onboard credit, up to $400 of onboard credit. So let's say with the Cyber Monday deal that offered you, I'm just gonna make up numbers here, $300 of onboard credit, right? And you were on board the ship. So you would be entitled to whatever your deposit was plus whatever the Cyber Monday deal offered. So it's it's basically a combination of both, essentially, is what it really comes out to. And that gives you the option of essentially getting, but that's what's so good about the onboard booking bonus. So they're two separate things. Now, if later on you see a better deal that comes out there, you have to read the rules and make sure that your booking bonus is compatible with or combinable with, really, that's the terminology, with whatever deal you happen to get. So let's say there's new Cyber Monday deal, right? Next, The 2016 deal, as long as it's combinable, you can absolutely do that. Otherwise, you'd have to pick and choose. Now, the deposit you make, by the way, I should point this out, that the onboard booking bonus you get, that $100 or $300, $500, whatever you put down, that is non-refundable. So if you put down $200 or $100, whatever you put down for the deposit, that you get an onboard credit, it's not, you're never getting that money back. That's the thing, the hook, if you will, about onboard booking and, and why you would or would not want to do it. The reason why you would want to do that is as long as you're certain you will take another Royal Caribbean cruise at some point in your life, it's worth it to you. And the way that Royal Caribbean gets away is a lot of people say, what if I book the onboard, you know, I book another cruise, I use $500 of onboard credit, and then I never take that cruise. Well, that's fine, but you're never going to get that money back. That's the deposit that's non-refundable, and that's kind of how make, Royal Caribbean makes sure that they're not losing money on this deal. So... I hope this made sense to you, Rick, and I will post a link in the show notes to some explanations about this to give you some more reading over at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, but I think it's fairly, uh, I hope that helped. I, I, it made sense in my mind, but I know it can be kind of confusing with what to do, and of course, if you're going to ask me, should you take the money now or defer it, dude, that is a whole different conversation that can take a whole other 30 minutes of, of discussion because different people have different opinions on it. I'll just say that I usually defer the money. Just because I like getting the... I already paid for the cruise I'm on. I like to be able to have free money on my next cruise. But everybody's different. And who doesn't enjoy free money right up front, right? So, there you go. Rick, thank you so much for the email. Let's take our next email. It's from Daryl, a.k.a. Cruising His Crack. <laughs> Love some of these usernames. Daryl writes, Hi, Matt. After recently downloading the real content and full value of your website, I must say I'm now bummed. Just kidding. Read on. The reason I say this is because some time ago, I stumbled across Royal Caribbean blog while looking for a cruise compass for an upcoming cruise, and at that time, I didn't realize what I had found. Now that I'm in an extended dry dock period, countdown sits at 486 days down from 757. Yes, long and painful. I have once again discovered the blog and the weekly podcast. After listening to all the past episodes over the last couple of weeks, whew, so yes, there were a lot of them. Now what I am supposed what am I supposed to do now? Wait a week for my next fix? Nope. I don't have that because I have to follow the Royal Caribbean blog on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, and online daily. I've actually had to ignore some of the Periscopes lately because I was in the middle of listening and catching up to the past podcast. Now that I'm current, I can partake in more of the live events. Keep the great work and I look forward to my next fix of all things Royal Caribbean. Daryl, love that. Thank you so much. And I'm, you know, first of all, I mean, I enjoy hearing that you're enjoying the content. That's first and foremost because obviously the blog, the podcast, all the stuff I do, it's for you guys. It's to help everybody have a better Royal Caribbean cruise. And I love hearing that people are actually enjoying it because sometimes as a, in my role as a content creator, you always have that fear in the back of your mind. Maybe no one's actually reading this or listening to this or, or, or enjoying this, but 
it's always nice to hear that certainly you're enjoying it. So thank you so much for all the support, Daryl, you give to Royal Caribbean Blog. And I'm also glad that you mentioned as an op- you mentioned all this because it's a great opportunity to remind everybody that if you're listening just the podcast, boy, you're missing out on a lot of other Royal Caribbean stuff. We have, of course, RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, which is updated every single day with something Royal Caribbean. In fact, many times it's multiple times per day. We also do Periscopes, which are video broadcast live. Costs absolutely nothing. It's just an app you have to download on one of your smartphones or, or devices like an, like an iPad or tablet. And you can come in there. It's basically just like me, just like this. I'm, I'm talking to you. You can actually see me. And you get to chat back. So it's a, very much a real-time interaction. It's a lot of fun. And I think all of these, in addition, you got the message boards at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. All this is really aimed at helping you, first of all, have a better Royal Caribbean cruise, first and foremost. But also give you more of a that Royal Caribbean fix, that little more of a daily dose of Royal Caribbean. So... I'm happy you're enjoying it, Daryl, and I hope that others will also be able to enjoy it because, boy, I have so much fun doing it, and I'm, and I'm hopeful that you all will be joining me for it. I'll post links to all the social media and everything we do over in our show notes at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And next up, we have an email from Alberta who writes, heading on Western Caribbean cruise leaving very soon. Just wondering if you have the cruise compass and what it would look like then, and if I'm doing my time dining, is it better to reserve it or just go on the day that takes us? Thank you. Great questions. Number one, we do have cruise compasses from many different Freedom of the Seas cruises especially, but we have a cruise compass section at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, which I will post a, show, a link in our show notes too. And we have many from Freedom of the Seas. In fact, I just posted one from Freedom of the Seas in January just the other day, so you'll be able to look right there. And that will give you a pretty good idea, even if you're going back a couple months, honestly. They don't change up all that much. There may be little you know differentials here and there. But it's not like you're going to have major swings, especially when they're on the same itinerary. So Freedom of the Seas, I don't think you're going to have that problem. And I'll be sure to post the link there for you, Alberto. The other question you had was about my time dining. Is it better to reserve in advance or just go on the day and hope for the best? The answer is, well, it depends. It depends on a couple factors. Number one, how many people are in your group? The larger the group, the longer you'll wait for my time dining if you're just showing up there on the spot. Now, if your group is smaller, if you've got less than four people it's a lot easier to just show up. In addition, it also depends when you're eating. If you're okay eating, say, before 7, 6.37 or after 8.30, 9 o'clock, hey, you'll have no problem walking up in many cases. It's really that prime time that you may have an issue with. The other thing, of course, if you want specific waiters or waits have that can take some extra time. So it depends how many specifics you have. I would say, Alberto, if your group is four or less, and you're willing to eat before 6.30 or after 8.30, you have no problem just walking up. And in, in fact, you'll hear plenty of people who will tell you, oh yeah, we had no problems walking up anytime. And then you'll hear other people say, well, we waited a while for it. Up to you. I personally would reserve in advance, but then that kind of defeats the purpose of my time dining, doesn't it? Unless you want to curtail it around your schedule of events. I don't know. But I hope this helps you a little bit, Alberto. Basically, the answer is it depends. Like so many things in Royal Caribbean, it depends. And my sense of it is is if you're willing to eat off hours, it'll be a lot easier for you to just do a walk-up. And certainly on Freedom of the Seas, I think it's a very well-oiled machine in terms of how they handle my time dining there. So I don't think you'll run into too many problems. And once again, because I think I said this for every single questions so far. Alberto, I will post a link in our show notes to a really great article that one of our readers helped me put together, Ken, 
all about My Time Dining. I think it's going to be a really good primer for you or anybody who's interested in My Time Dining in terms of just understanding the specifics of it and when to book and when not to book. So good stuff there. Now let's go to one more email, and it is from Deborah Wolf, who writes, Hi, Matt. We're back from our family cruise. and had a really good time. My family got used to me saying, Podcaster Matt says, <laughs> but they were really happy with your information. Some observations. For a short cruise, four nights from Tampa to Cozumel, it was a good mix of port time and sea time, allowing us time to go to the spa, play pool and mini golf, and book a next cruise. It was also good that we booked a short cruise as my son discovered that he is not a cruise person. Number two, it was odd spending Christmas Day and Boxing Day on a cruise, but most of the staff wore Santa's hats or some sort of Christmassy decoration, and the ship was nicely decorated. Also, I've never gone to a 70s dance party on Christmas evening before, especially with all the seven of us wearing matching pajama pants that our mom made for us. Also, the two-bedroom, two-bathroom suite was perfect for our family. Grandpa, my sister, and me, and our kids. People could nap in the bedrooms while others talked and read in the living area. With five women, four of whom wear makeup, and two young men who take long showers, having two bathrooms and two makeup areas was perfect. The balcony was disappointingly tiny. Having the concierge lounge was great, but we only discovered the concierge seating area in the Windjamer on the last morning. My sister and her daughter are Diamond, and her son will be after the cruise, and they receive some pretty great perks as well. Brilliance of the Seas is clearly an older ship, so there were a few things that weren't great. No digital downloads on cruise, on cruise photos. We would have spent a lot more had we had the option to buy digital downloads. No way of communicating with each other around the ship. Drawers without stoppers to keep them closed. One of the pool tables was broken, and there was only one pool queue that was usable. One really cool thing, though, when I was checking the stateroom that we were... Uh, as we were packing to leave, I could tell that something had fallen between the drawers and in the makeup areas. We found a 2005 excursion booklet along with someone's underwear and Ziploc bag. Unfortunately, the underwear wasn't in the Ziploc. <laughs> we had great service in the main dining room, including a young man from Canada, and the staff were almost all outstanding. The one exception was our stateroom attendant. My sister said he was the worst she ever had. My sister and her children, our mom and I are booked on Allure in May for a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise. We're doing two connecting staterooms this time. I will miss the concierge benefits, but we just couldn't justify the additional cost when connecting staterooms were available. I look forward to following your podcast cruise as it seems the same route we'll be taking in May. I have pictures of the staterooms, so I would love to be able to share them with you. Thanks, Matt, for your blog and podcast. They really helped me prepare for the cruise and get the most out of it. And you're right, we can never do everything that we planned or hoped to do. Deborah, I love this email. I love getting these kind of like potpourri bullet point lists at basic different things that happen on the cruise. I love these kind of observations. And I really thank you for the honesty of everything that you were on there. You know, I was on Brilliance of the Seas, as you're probably aware, back in November. And a lot of what you were saying, boy, I, I totally picked up on. I'm sorry to hear about some of your negative experiences. But I thought Brilliance was a really great ship. That four-night itinerary was wonderful. And, you know, I, I just think Brilliance is a great ship. The, the Radiance class in general is a really underappreciated class of ships that Royal Caribbean offers because of the sheer beauty of it, a really good size, and some of the itineraries they do are really interesting. And I think that it, when you look at the prices that Brilliance of the Seas offers from Tampa, they do four- and five-night itineraries, and I think they're still doing that in 2016, later on in the year when she comes back from Europe. It's, it's just an amazing little option, and usually the value of it is tremendous. So if you're looking for a little short trip, it's really hard to go wrong with Billions of the Seas, especially with the new dining upgrades with the specialty restaurants. There's a lot to enjoy there. You know, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, you didn't – one of the things you didn't like, I guess, was that, you know, some of the little things like the no digital downloads, the no stoppers on the drawers – and you know what? I'm not saying those things are wrong by any means. I, I totally understand that. I think I did say also that one of the pool tables was not working. They have self-leveling pool tables, 
and one of them was not self-leveling. Uh, so with that be- all that being said, I will say that there are some things that come with it. I mean, obviously, maintenance is always something that's going to be an issue on any ship. I think Rogue does a really good job of keeping their ships up to date, and if the worst I can say is the pool t- one of the pool tables wasn't self-leveling, that's pretty good. I, I can think of far worse about. The digital downloads, that's obviously an upgrade in terms of uh, infrastructure, and I agree. Once you do the digital downloads and you have that option, boy, it's a lot easier, and I've seen this on the Quantum class and the Oasis-class ships, and it does make it a whole lot easier. And, you know, it's really the wave of the future, right? Because the the old days of having to go around and look for photos and those racks of photos all in the photo area, I mean, no one wants to do that anymore. Everyone wants to do it digitally now. You know, swipe your C-Pass card or your WoW band, pick up on what you've got and, you know, make it a whole lot of, It's just, it's simpler, it's more convenient, and odds are you're probably going to buy more by doing it that way. So I got to think at some point they're going to fix that and, and upgrade that. That's something coming down the line. It's just, you know, a matter of you know, when they can and budgets and all that kind of stuff. But I totally understand everything you said. Deborah. great email. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for everything you you shared with us. And, of course, thank you to everybody for checking out the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. We had some great emails this week. I love talking about this. I love talking to Royal Caribbean. I love answering your questions. And, and hopefully it's help other people. Because I think a lot of these questions people have are not just what you were thinking about. There's lots of other people who maybe always were wondering the same thing or didn't think about that or, you know, are just kind of interested to hear about different aspects of the Royal Caribbean cruise. It may inspire them, whatever. It may help them. You never know. So if you've got a question about Royal Caribbean, there is no question too small, too large to answer here on the podcast. Send me an email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us once again on the podcast. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.